Welcome to this ASN Kidney 360 podcast. I'm Crystal Lentine, Professor of Medicine and Co-Director of Clinical Research at the St. Louis University Transplant Center. I'm joined by my co-author, Dr. David Axelrod, Professor of Surgery and Director of the Kidney Pancreas Transplant Programs at the University of Iowa. Today we will discuss our study entitled Survey of Clinician Opinions on kidney transplantation from hepatitis C virus-positive donors, identifying and overcoming barriers, published in Kidney360 this November 2020. So David, can you tell us about the safety of hepatitis C-positive kidney transplantation? Thanks, Krista. It is important to distinguish between two types of hepatitis C-positive transplant procedures. The first type is transplantation from donors who are hepatitis C antibody positive, but nucleic acid negative, also called non-viremic donors. This type of donor has either cleared the virus spontaneously or has been treated successfully. Available data on transplants from non-viremic donors suggests that the risk of viral transmission is very low. These kidneys can and should be offered to all patients. Consistent with UNO's policy, recipients of these kidneys should have post-transplant surveillance to monitor for hepatitis C infection but transmission is very unlikely and no routine treatment is needed. The other type of hepatitis C positive transplant is from donors who have evidence of active hepatitis C infection based on nucleic acid testing, also called viremic donors. Viremic donors will generally transmit the hepatitis C virus to the recipient. Prior to the development of highly effective direct-acting antiviral medications called DAAs, these organs were generally used only in patients with active hepatitis C infection. However, treatment with DAAs can reliably cure hepatitis C, defined as a sustained viral response at 12 weeks, true even in transplant patients. Based on this, two landmark trials demonstrated the safety and efficacy of transplanting hepatitis C viremic organs into uninfected patients. The THINKER trial conducted at the University of Pennsylvania was an open-label study of 10 patients. Participants received a transplant at an average of 58 days after listing, and DAA treatment resulted in virus eradication and excellent graft function in all patients. A similar investigation, the EXPANDER trial at Johns Hopkins, achieved a similar sustained viral response within 12 weeks of DAA in another cohort of 10 patients, resulting in faster transplant. These results have subsequently been confirmed in numerous centers, both in the United States and internationally. So, Krista, what is the potential impact of hepatitis C-positive kidney transplant on the overall number of annual transplants in the U.S.? Thank you for raising that, David. Prior to the introduction of DAA therapy, kidneys from hepatitis C-positive donors had high rates of non-utilization, or discard. Approximately 5% of kidney donors are viremic for hepatitis C, and in 2013, before the availability of DAA medication, these kidneys had seven times the odds of discard compared to organs from non-viremic donors. Now, when combined with DAA therapy, we know the transplant of these organs can save lives. Expense of the medication can be a barrier, but economic analysis has shown that kidney transplant from hepatitis C-positive donors can save money for the healthcare system by expanding the organ supply. The price of DAA treatment has come down, but cost of a 12-week course still exceeds $25,000 in general. 
However, given the savings achieved by reducing need for dialysis, reducing waiting times by as little as three months can result in net cost savings. Importantly, our survey demonstrates that many centers across the U.S. remain reluctant to use kidneys from hepatitis C viremic donors for transplantation. While 69% of centers currently use antibody-positive, NAT-negative organs, only 58% of centers offer NAT-positive kidney transplant to hepatitis C-negative recipients. Thus, many patients who would benefit from early transplantation are not offered this transplant option. Now, David, I'd like to hear your view on barriers that need to be overcome to increase hepatitis C-positive transplantation rates. There are two main barriers to broader utilization of HCV viremic donors. The first is the concern that recipients may not be able to receive or complete DAA treatment, either due to financial limitations or to non-adherence. Unlike the initial clinical trials in which all recipients were given free medication, patients receiving organs in standard clinical practice must have insurance reimbursement or a mechanism from the center to receive these medications. In our survey, 53% of programs initiated DAA therapy only after documentation of viremia in the transplant recipient. This practice pattern is likely driven by insurance provider policies which require documentation of viremia prior to payment. Unfortunately, even with coverage, patients may still incur copayments and coinsurance. In the cases in which the patient is unable to access medications, transplant programs have, in general, agreed to provide these medications. Importantly, emerging studies have documented that shorter courses of medication initiated at the time of transplant may allow patients to achieve sustained viral response earlier, saving money. The second major barrier is patient and physician concern about the development of resistant virus. Fortunately, the development of pan-genotypic medicines has reduced concern that the patient will acquire an HCV virus genotype which is resistant to the medication chosen. In a large clinical series from the Cleveland Clinic, only one patient among 58 transplant recipients had resistant virus requiring a different regimen to achieve sustained viral response. However, it is important that DAA therapy be initiated promptly. There are several case reports of patients developing fibrosing hepatitis after their treatment was delayed due to insurance reasons. So Krista, what do you think can be done to ensure safety after HCV-positive transplant? To ensure that use of these organs is safe, it is vital that patients are managed by a multidisciplinary team including nephrologists, surgeons, infectious disease specialists, and hepatologists. Prior to consenting to consider organs from hepatitis C-positive donors, patients should be screened for chronic liver disease, and those with cirrhosis not undergoing combined liver transplant should be excluded. Next, patients should be carefully counseled and fully informed about the risk of poor outcome in the case of medication non-adherence. All organs in the U.S. are currently screened using nucleic acid testing. However, as many hepatitis C-positive donors have risk factors for other viral infections, post-transplant screening for HIV and hepatitis B, along with hepatitis C, may be indicated in accord with new public health services recommendations. For recipients of kidneys from viremic donors, we recommend viral load monitoring using standard protocols to assess that the patient has not developed resistant virus. 
immunosuppression does not need to be adjusted or reduced. Most importantly, patients need to be guaranteed access to DAA therapy. Patients who accept organs from hepatitis C positive donors are helping to increase access to transplantation for all patients, and early transplantation will result in cost savings for the healthcare system by reducing dialysis costs. In summary, transplantation of kidneys from hepatitis C positive donors, when combined with DAA therapy, has been demonstrated to be a safe strategy to increase the organ supply. While nearly half of centers in the U.S. did not offer this option at the time of our survey, we anticipate that many more will develop protocols in the near future. Patients need to be educated about the option and informed in their treatment choices. Finally, the medical community needs to advocate for prompt and complete coverage of DAA therapy, ideally at the time of transplantation, to reduce the risk of complications. Thank you, David, for the discussion, and thanks to all for joining us for this Kidney 360 podcast. This podcast is copyrighted by the American Society of Nephrology, all rights reserved. All content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be medical advice. This podcast should not be used in a medical emergency or for the diagnosis or treatment of any medical condition. Please consult your doctor or other qualified healthcare provider if you have any questions about any medical condition or before taking any drug, changing your diet, or commencing or discontinuing any course of treatment. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the American Society of Nephrology.